This episode is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association. We are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction. I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. So if you can help out, you know, we do have a Venmo, we have a Cash App, we have a PayPal, we have an address you can send a check to. And, you know, all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. So please, you know, if you can get five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. If you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. You are in the state that I've talked to the most and I don't know anybody from. And none of you know each other. Well, except now there's two of them that know each other because I met one through the other. You're like the 10th woman from Ohio that I've talked to. Wow. Which is crazy. Out of like, you know, 50, 60 episodes, Ohio. And I don't know anybody from Ohio. Now I just know that Ohio has a problem. Yes, very much so. So, problems. welcome to the show, Chrissy. That's a, that's your introduction, is Ohio is a problem. Yeah. And Ohio is for lovers and whatever you want to say. Um Black- so, all right, Chrissy, me and you, we met in, on TikTok. Now, how long have you been? Because TikTok, that's a whole community that I just recently found, a recovery community. Um, and you got quite the following on there. How long have you been posting recovery type stuff there? Um, My first post related, well, all of them from the beginning. I started posting the end of August. Oh, wow. Um, so you got picked. Did you have one go crazy and that's how you got like a following all of a sudden? I'm not sure. I was thinking about that myself. I I've had a few things go both ways. Oh, the, oh, there's a lot of flops in there. I know that. You know, yeah. I know how it goes. Like there's going to be a couple that are like huge and then a few that's like nothing. But I'm sure it's like kind of a different kind of feeling. I've never had one go like crazy crazy, but I've had them go like into the thousands where I'm like, "Holy shit." Like that even surprises me. Yeah, I have recently had one video reach like 1.9 million views, and I'm like, dang, I hope, (laughs) I don't know. It's like, who are those 1.9 million people (laughs) watching me? (laughs) What was that video for? Um, It was for sexual assault awareness. Um, It it was just a story, which I get a lot of crap for my stories, because they're like, how does this make sense, or you know, make this make sense. Um, but it was about my sister, just a simple miscommunication. Um, of, and yeah. And yeah. yeah. Most of my feedback was positive, but you know, it's still like, the, yeah, the comment sections, the comment section, you know, so how long have you been sober for Chrissy? When I truly got sober, for the first time was 2014 um and then again in 2017 in 2016 2015 I've had some relapses yeah with alcohol um mainly that's 
Now, I was mean, alcohol, was like your, was that your downfall or was it drugs and then you kept relapsing with the alcohol? Because that's a pop. I find that a lot of addicts relapse with alcohol. I did. And you know what I mean? It's a really popular thing where we're like, nope, I'm an addict. I can still drink here and there and it's not a problem. I just have a problem with pills. And then I try to drink again and then it doesn't work out for me. So yeah. were you into drugs first? and then got sober and then started drinking again no i've been drinking since i was about 11 or 12 and you know i've used stimulants when i was young but it really didn't wasn't my drug of choice i used pills um my ex-husband and i used to make cocktails of just roxy's and and because Roxy's were huge in Ohio. I know that. I've talked to enough people to know how big that the 30 milligram Roxy's were just as big as Oxy's in Ohio. Yeah. And we, we were, I mean, when I was in high school, I was getting Seroquel for my bipolar, bipolar. Well, until my mom stopped getting my script filled. Um, but my friend would take that. He would have a book. So whatever he got, you know, he would sell. Essentially, we were all just buying clodipins and so you were into like at an early age into like the, the pharmaceutical stuff of like oh what does this pill do what does that pill do not so much the hard drugs but like the experimental because i remember that phase of how old are you i'll be 31 on tuesday okay so, so yeah we're around i'm 35 so like you know we're like there was that phase that we went through because we didn't have cell phones where we could just like google shit you know what I mean? When we were like discovering drugs for the first time, I, it's not like I could just take my phone out and just be like, what's this imprint mean? No, it was you take it and you wait an hour and see what happens and you take another. <laughs> there was no Google. And, you know, I, I remember eventually just Googling all the time, like circled, you know, imprint number and this color. And what is this pill? The pill identifier or whatever. I use that thing all the time. But in the nineties, we didn't have that. We were I was at least me, I was discovering drugs in the nineties, early two yeah. thousands. And we couldn't just be like, What is this? Like, no, you found out usually the hard way. But it was the fun way at the time. You think it's fun, you know, doing that shit. Did you have brothers and sisters that drank and like party at all or Oh yeah. Um and and not to mention, you can't just take whatever now because you might, you know, die. Yeah, fentanyl is just. Okay. Um, but my older sister, my sister, my oldest sister was 19 when I was born, 20, almost 20. My other sister was seven. So. Wow. They... Quite the gap between the three. Yeah. Um, my oldest sister had a drinking problem. She's been sober for quite a few years now. Um, my middle sister, she was sober when she went to jail and it was the best relationship we ever had, but we're just toxic. Like she is, I, I am, we are. Yeah. Uh, some relationships yeah. work and some you work on, you know? Yeah. That's, that's why I feel like that's the one you work on, right? You know, where it's not like you're giving up on her or giving up on a relationship, but it's one where it's like, yeah, we worked it. We, we make it work. <laughs> as best we can you know it's, yeah. <clears throat> it's it's a struggle when it's a sibling and not just like a cousin or something like that you know a sibling you're like no i really want to make this work if we can but you know like we bond over drugs you know 
Did you did you drink or get high together at all? Yeah. Yeah. I stopped using pills pretty much, except when I would steal my mom's pain pills for no reason, except to get itchy. To um, get itchy. Yeah, I started I re- using stimulants. Itchy. Yeah. No, no, and no, and I, I, I'd laugh, you know, and you know how it is. You laugh in this kind of like environment when you relate, right? Like, you know, whenever mm-hmm. I'm laughing at somebody when they're telling a story, it's because I'm relating. I'm not yeah. laughing at them. I'm laughing because I, I hear that. And there's so many times, like, let's get the itchies. And, you know, because you know that's something that's going to happen. And it's just, yeah, it's just funny that you said that. I haven't heard of that in a while. So <laughs> it just made me but, laugh. So, all right, but you're more of, like, you know, you're drinking to escape. Like, alcohol is, like, your drug of choice, so. Yeah, like, that's that's where I feel like I could be. Um, this fly and I have been fighting all night. He's followed me from room to room. I feel like I can be this other Christy, like Christy Maria. Mm. You know, it's like to get out of the realm that I'm in. So like you, you were drinking to like be somebody else, like be somebody that you wanted to be, but not necessarily who you were. Yeah. And then I would drink, I would drink back in the day and then it would be like, well, let's just get, you know, some other drugs and then it would be like the downs and the uppers yeah like that so (laughs) so it's 2014 i would say that you're probably what like 24 25 years old and you get 24 and you get sober for the first time and why did you get sober in 2014 um, well, I had my ex-husband and I had still split. married at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got married when I was 18. We're, you know, you know, but it was, I, um, I had a girl on from Ohio that got married at 18. We were laying in bed. Like, is he in know, the military too? Are you the same person? <laughs> we met in high school working at skyline chili and then he was my english partner who never came to school and i'm like oh i gotta have him um and then my like he did go to the military that's hilarious (laughs) did you move three hours away from your hometown too together nine and a half I, i was just fucking around so you moved out of state yeah i left my mom a note to a month before high school and we went, just, to, went to New York and got married and came back and graduated and moved. And then that's when I, like... Okay, so, wait, rewind that, Chrissy. So, you were just, like, leave a note that, like, hey, I'm going to get eloped. I'm skipping school, high school today. I'm going to go get, I'm going to go get married. BRB. Like, that was your, like, a way, like, so, what did the note say? Because, like... Now I'm your mom. What did this note say from this brilliant mind of 18-year-old Chrissy getting married to the love of her life? That's going to be forever. Dying that you're going to say my away message on AIM. But um, it was more along the lines of I'm going to look at a college in New York and I'll be back at the end of the week. <laughs> and I had taken off work, you know, and uh-huh. I also had to steal my own car because I didn't have a license. In fact, never had a license until I was like 21 because they've had like two hit and runs by the time I'm married. 
What do you give the alcoholic with two hit and runs? A license. <laughs> that is. That's yeah. wild. So wait, you just left a note and you're like, I'm going to go look at schools. And yeah. she was like, oh, good. My daughter's going to go look at schools. And then your high school just assumed, you know, your mom knew that you were looking at schools. No, they actually called me my secretary. Oh, I forget her name. I want to say Connie. And she was like, did you get married? And I was like, yeah. And my really good friend at the time I took with me, she and I got in a fight. So she left before I did. So she took my car. So I actually I actually ended up staying a few days later. But So you went there with your friend, too. It was you and, you know, your fiancé, soon-to-be husband at the time, and, like, a girlfriend of yours? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she would just, like, I'm out of here, and then took your car and drove back to Ohio? Yeah, because we had to wait a certain amount of time when we got the marriage license. Three days, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, I got to get back to working at wherever. Yeah. That, no. And and I could see that getting, I mean, that would get around to high school fast. Like, I, I can't, if some girl in my class all of a sudden was, wasn't was there all week and came back and was like, I'm married, that shit would fly around the school by a second period. Everybody in the school would know about it. You know, without text messaging or social media, just word of mouth, that shit would have flew around the school. Not even including social yeah. media. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just moved in with them. Yeah, we got an apartment together, and we moved in. And how did Miss Chrissy's mom take this? Did um, she like Did she like him? She didn't at first because I had a different boyfriend, but she learned to love him. Wait, she didn't at first because you had a different boyfriend? Yeah, but then when I was married, she's like, okay, well, I'm not going to throw you a graduation party because... <laughs> But I guess I'll buy you a couch. Like, I guess I'll <laughs> I want your work and I want you guys to give it to God and all that. Okay. I can respect. But you had a, was your boyfriend like a front boyfriend that like, cause like some girls have like fake boyfriends in high school that they're like, mom and dad, this is my boyfriend. And then really, it's not really your boyfriend. It's somebody else because that's just the fake boyfriend that they're saying so that they don't get in trouble for dating the guy that takes them to New York to get married. No. Okay. No. no. I had a boyfriend. God love him. He was my, well, when I moved, I my mom moved me in ninth grade, the most awkward grade for me as it a is. person to move. Um, and so he was my start fresh boyfriend. He took my brand new virginity. A brand new one. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be confused with the other one. The other, yeah. The other, yeah. The other, yeah. You go to a new place, you get a new virginity. You didn't know that? That's a brand new thing. You get a new zip code, new virginity. I thought it was a grand idea. It's a good idea. No one can fact check that. So, all right. Now, now you're married. You know, wedding bells are ringing, you're married, moving into the new place with hubby. How fast before, like, drinking and using is, like, something that's a riff in the marriage? Um, right away. Day two. Like, day two. Okay, day day three or four. <laughs> okay, but still, but yeah, the first week. Yeah, I can't remember, but the day, it was days, and, um, so, like, Kind of like you, I had a friend that was from West Carrollton, where I'm from, or where I was moved from, 
and she knows all my friends. I we just don't know each other, so we get to know each other. She actually witnessed my wedding, but so she's up there and day one I'm like locked out of the apartment and I meet the neighbors and they're fun, a lot of fun. So it wasn't long before we were buds and drinking Bud Light and and then I started experimenting with other things. Like ecstasy um yeah ecstasy was like really was this like mid 2000s you th- you would say right mid well, to late 2009 yeah so that would make sense you know ecstasy was still popular then you know what i mean so you're doing ecstasy and you're drinking so that means the parties are getting crazy yeah, and so I'm not coming home, but. But you're next door. Yeah, so it wasn't really interfering with our marriage, and it really didn't until we had kids, um, which was several years later. But he went to Afghanistan in 2010, and that's when it all got out of hand. Because so, you were just by yourself. Yeah, and I moved back to Ohio by myself. Okay. To- Figures old places. And you get back with old people. Yep. What goes down? Like what's the like what's the first thing you can think of that's like this shouldn't have played out this way in 2010 when I moved back to Ohio? Oh gosh, all of it. I was still doing Xanax. Oh, I didn't know I... you were doing Xanax. Okay. Oh yeah, I was. That's forgetting a lot of days. That's forgetting a lot of life, like my senior year and getting married. My, I, I think I already said this. My ex and I were like high on pills, and we were like, "Yeah, let's get married," and we did. But um, Xanax- oh, okay, so yeah, if you were high on Xanax during your wedding, how much of your wedding do you remember? Um, they sent photos. <laughs> That's not the question. <laughs> <I'm-> <laughs> <laughs> they sent photos. I know, like, you're like, I know I got married, JD. I saw the pictures of me there, okay? I have photos. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you sidestep that question. You're like, no, no, I got pictures of my marriage. It happened. But <laughs> so the answer is 0% or little okay. to none. 5 to 10%. Yeah. I re- actually, when we moved to New York, I remember my last Xanax bar was at the Chinese restaurant the day we had moved most of our stuff in, and I had saved it. And then when I moved back to Ohio, it became a problem. Like, I don't know. That's what I was spending all the mo- like all our money on. Then I got a job, and the last time I did Xanax was in 2010. Yeah, I can remember my last Xanax high too because I forgot everything. It was one of those things where it scared the shit out of me, kind of. What is there something that like you felt like you needed to looking back now, like escape with Xanax so much? Yeah, um, my life. <laughs> There's a lot of abuse. There's a lot of. I was provided like a, an escape at an early age. Like, my dad let me drink. When when I was eight years old, I, I was in second grade. I'm like, can I hit your cigarette? And he's like, yeah. And I did. And, you know, I've never, I've been a seasonal cigarette smoker. Like, I can do things for a period of time and then not do them. 
but I had easy access to all of it. Alcohol. That makes sense then. I mean, your parents were split up. Yeah. They the way the way you said it, it just sounded like they were split up that, you know, when I was with my dad. Um now how old are your kids? Um, nine and almost seven. Okay. So and was that did you have that when he was in Afghanistan when he came back from it? Help me out with the timeline. So 2010, we'll catch up then. 2010, that means you had the first one in 2012. Yes. Okay. So in that two-year span of starting to do Xanax again, he goes to Afghanistan. What's going on? Um, then I get into c- cocaine. Um, Ob- when- Obby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I start working at this restaurant, um, and this girl uh, that I worked with, she couldn't deal with me on my crying, you know. <laughs> She's yeah. like, what did you take? And I'm I'm like, uh yeah, yeah. So I did she's like, do this, this will make you feel better. And then I ate an egg white at Waffle House. It was very weird. It like was just an odd experience. And I was still messing around with Molly. So you were like doing anything you could to escape. If yeah. somebody was like, hey, we have this tonight. You're like, that's what I'm doing then. Yeah, and I had ample funds to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, because your husband's making good money, but he's not spending that good money because he's over in Afghanistan. But it's going into your account on top of the job that you have. And then at this point, you don't have kids, so you're just supporting you. Yes, that's what I was – that blew my mind the <clears throat> other day. I said it out loud perfectly. What was I doing? Yeah, I could, you know, I always, I'm glad that you can look back now and know what you did, but you got to give yourself credit or a break. We don't see what we're doing. We're not seeing the wreckage until we can step away from it and literally have a better point of view of it to see all of it at once. The Titanic doesn't look like it's a large ship when you're looking at it right in front of you because you're in it but when you actually step back and actually pull away and see the wreckage of what happened you're like holy shit that was a catastrophe that's what addiction was like it's like riding on the titanic and you either got off the boat or you're jack you know i know sorry leo (laughs) too soon still it's been 25 years too soon so So, you know, um, but that's how, you know, you don't see all that stuff. Like I was doing to make you feel better. All right. Because I know there, I know that that what? I said, don't make me feel better. I know that there's guilt along with that. I know that there is because at the same time, I can imagine a husband being like, what do you mean you can't pay that bill? What do you mean you can't do that? Why, why do you have to even have a job? I make plenty. And you having to try to come up with all these lies because you don't want to tell him how much you're getting high and how much you're drinking without him. Yeah. How much did he know that you were actually drinking and using while he was gone? Not, I was dumbing it down. And, you know, that was, our form of communication was Blackberry Messenger most of yeah. the time. If he had an area where there was signal. So it's not like he was FaceTiming you all the time and shit or Skype or, you know, popped up real fast where you would hop on. It was email and and like Blackberry Messenger. 
and you got to be over 30 to understand what BlackBerry Messenger is. Yes. <laughs> it's iMessage for BlackBerry people. <laughs> it's We knew if it was red, and we knew if it was Pearl. sent. It, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I had the chocolate. You know what I mean? Like, I know what BlackBerry, I know all about it. Um, so he has no idea. So obviously he's going to have some questions, and you're just going to come up with lies the entire time. This episode is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association. We are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction. I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. So if you can help out, you know, we do have a Venmo, we have a Cash App, we have a PayPal, we have an address you can send a check to. And, you know, all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. So please, you know, if you can get five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. And if you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. And we'll fast forward even a little bit to now. Are you, do you do steps or anything? Do you work a program of some kind? No, I don't. Okay, that's fine. Everybody has a different way and, you know, whatever works for you works for you. So yeah, I can like respect I, that. I don't have a sober date. Like I just woke up one day like tired of my BS. Mm -hmm. And I can respect that, yeah. You're not the first person to not even know your sober date on here. Really? So, yeah, if that makes you feel any better, there's been somebody else specifically. I'm, I'm not sure if anybody else, but I know specifically one other person um, where she just knows that she hasn't touched dope in nine years. And she's been using cannabis in her recovery. And so when she stopped drinking and using heroin, she didn't count days because she was still smoking because she knew AA wasn't going to take her for counting days. So she just didn't even pay attention. And she was just glad she wasn't shooting dope anymore. Right. You know, and I, and that's, and, that, and that's how I feel. Like I don't, if you work a program, then you work a program. If you don't work a program and you're still sober and you're happy and you're free and you find a way to have a support system Mm -hmm. Which you do. TikTok is your support system. You know what I mean? Like, that is a huge support system for you, I'm sure, in your recovery in the last few months, where it's probably even made your recovery stronger in the last few months. Yeah, it's like it's been phases. It's, it's been me, you know, sober writing and then, you know, relapsing and writing and going back. Okay, but now... You know, there's like, like you said, you look back, there's accountability, like some things I wasn't ready to change, but mm -hmm. like more accountability, I feel like, and then TikTok is a fun way to heal and be like, connect with people. My goodness. Yeah. It's, it's like a hip AA without the big book and God talk. And sometimes there is that too, depending on the ones you swipe through. You know, you get all kinds of different recovery showing up. It's almost like you're also curating. Like, I'm specifically, I only follow accounts from, you know, recovery. It's a way to curate what I want to see in my feed. I have another TikTok that's like my cats, and that's the one where I follow comedians and all the other shit that I would want to see on TikTok that makes me laugh. 
but specifically when I'm on my page, I only follow and, you know, react and interact with the other recovery pages because I only want to see the recovery there when I go on that page because it's so strong when you go through there. <clears throat> there's people supporting Matt. There's people fighting Matt. But you do hear both sides to the stories on both of them. There's people working 12 steps and running meetings. And there's people that you go live a lot, right? That's like a thing that you do is you go live and interact with people, don't you? Yeah, I try. <laughs> I try. Yeah. And you're, are you, say, writing? Are you writing a book or something? Yeah, I'm working on, I don't know. I'm, I have an idea for a book that's a story, but then I also have the writings that I have that I could just throw together and put it, you know. Have you uh, ever wrote a book before? Or no. Okay, because I had um, a guy on here. Um, he's actually just did a second episode the other day. He's an author. Um, his name is Travis Sackett. Um, he was a cop in Wisconsin and then became a criminal because he got addicted to pills. <clears throat> and his book is called My Life with Karma. And it's all about like him going through his journey of being a cop and then becoming a drug addict and then being a criminal and doing jail time as an ex-cop also. Um, and he is doing a six week thing for free as a way to give back to authors. And he's doing like sessions where you can talk to him about where you get publications. They're for people like you that have an idea, but don't know how to put it together. Right. And, and he especially likes working with sober people like himself. Um, I'll get you the link. I'll email it to you and it's free to zoom with them. You can go onto a zoom calendar and you can book times to zoom with him to talk to him about like just mentorship stuff with writing and he doesn't charge or anything he does it as like charity where he gives back to other new writers so he's a really awesome dude i'll get you his info because <clears throat> he can really help out your ideas and putting them together structure wise so yeah, that'd be a blessing yeah and it's it's free he does it like i said all his charity so i'll um i'll email you the link because he sent it to me on facebook so i'll email you the link directly to him hey, that's so cool yeah, promote his book that he wrote but he has it on sale for a dollar right now for kindle um on amazon on amazon okay yeah it's only a dollar if you want it if for going through kindle through the holidays he just changed it the other day I have the the hard copy. He signed it for me and sent it out to me. He's a, but he's an awesome dude with a crazy good story, you know. And I, him and I have gotten along since day one. He's that's why he's done a couple episodes now because we just have that kind of we can go back and forth. So it's fun talking to him. But yeah, I'll get you his info because you'll enjoy talking to him about writing shit. Awesome. You know. So now let's get back on track because that's what happens with me. Um, if you've seen any of my other episodes, I go completely off track for 15 minutes, and then we find our way back again. <laughs> Luckily, I write stuff down. It's 2012. Did your husband come back to visit from Afghanistan at one point to get you pregnant? Oh, he was in Afghanistan. He came back in two, he left in 2010. He came back in 2011. I moved back to New York. Um, he did come for two weeks to visit and kind of saw what a crap show I was, but he was getting high too, so. So he was know. actually enjoying it. Like, he would just like, you know what, fuck it. She just made it a lot easier for me to get drunk and get high because I don't have to, like, 
hide it or anything or be weird about it. She just has it all here for me. That was our, yeah, our really. Yeah. I get that. You know, there was the two extremes, though. That's that's the one he could have went. The other extreme is losing his mind and being all batshit crazy and upset about it. And then the other extreme that would have happened is exactly that. Like, hell yeah, set it up. Let's party. Yeah. And, the, you know, he was going through so much that I was in my addiction. <clears throat> I don't even know. He doesn't want me to know a lot of things, but just like support wise, I was not there for him. I wasn't sending him regular packages, like, you know, things that army wives are doing. You weren't. Yeah. Not, I wasn't even considering. Yeah. Well, again, your mind was a different mind then as it is now. You're putting all those different chemicals into your body every single day. What do you expect? Honestly, I mean, you know what I mean? What do you expect? You know, your our mind and our body are not going to be there. It's going to be a giant lag, especially with that Xanax involved. You lag everything. It's uh, you were like always on that like kung fu effect of like effect, you know, where like you, your mouth doesn't catch up, <laughs> you know, cuz yeah. everything's all off. I <laughs> I never got caught high on pills on on percocets on roxies on painkillers in general i was never in 10 years of doing mmos daily none of my family ever said to me are you on painkillers right now never once but every fucking time i was on xanax i would get called out on that shit every single time and they were always right you know every single time i was on xanax they're like you look high i'm like no i'm not shit fucking xanax (laughs) i knew it (laughs) so now he comes back. You guys are partying. Is that when you get pregnant? No, um, you. I get pregnant one time before. So in 2011, he comes back. I moved back to New York in like April, May. In September, we're pregnant and we miscarry. And then that's when I started going out every weekend and drinking. And I would leave him at home more or less, or he would go out with his friends, and we um, really split apart I wanted I laid in bed at some nights and I wanted to die and he more or less said when are you gonna get over it you know he, you know mind you he came back from Afghanistan where he saw his some of his friends go and but he didn't care at all and the less he cared the less I cared we've already had marital issues from day one with yeah you know, so, oh, I didn't know infidelity. Oh yeah, there was. Oh my uh, goodness. <laughs> is that why you? Wait, you wait, 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 wait. What is that? Why you smart? Is that why you had the shitty and grin on your face when you said ecstasy was involved? Oh, well, yeah, that that <laughs> how ridiculous like just my whole little life was, and well, he had some ex girlfriends that I had saw him text well I was on his phone bill on his T-Mobile account back then you know it was so easy to just yeah I yeah so you so, you told yourself he was cheating yeah he got two pictures and I was high on Xanax and then that's when like this girl's dad called who's a cop and he's like don't message her anymore and I'm like well, tell her not to message my husband uh, anyway, 
Yeah, so I didn't trust him at all. And then there was um, pornography. That was an issue. So for, for you or him? For for him. Okay. Okay. Time. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna assume. No. Yeah. <laughs> for that time, but his addictions eventually bled onto me in some way. You know, if that makes sense. So. Like. Uh, like, I'm trying to like the pornography addiction affected you because he had expectations from you that weren't really like re- like realistic because some people that watch too much porn they're they're desensitized to what to expect in you know in bed and they expect their you know their partner to be able to do all this crazy shit and like listen I'm not a fucking porn star I can only do so much I don't know what you expect from me. You know, so, like, I've heard that from some friends. It was, like, um, (coughs) him watching porn, like, when we split up, that's, like, what I did to cope. So, I was drinking. So, I was doing a little bit of everything. So, I took on some of his addictions. Oh, I see what you mean now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, At first, I, I, I lost you there. Okay. So, now you get pregnant. What happened? You had a miscarriage. When do you get pregnant again? I got pregnant in February or the beginning of March. I think the last week of February of 2012. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Why? What? Go ahead. Tell me why. Uh, why, are you, why are you smiling? Like, what is the story behind it? So I got pregnant. I wasn't sure who my kid's dad was. But I was pretty sure it was my husband, so I didn't really say anything at first. But I moved to Ohio. We were splitting up. Um, And I was homeless for a little bit. And I actually was going to get an abortion because I didn't want to quit drinking. I didn't want to quit living my life. Um, But I had had, like, three miscarriages. So I went to the wrong place to get an abortion because they they were like, well, we have to give you an ultrasound first, um, which, of course, that's what they do. Um, but anyway, long story short, my baby had a heartbeat, and I changed my mind. And I'm like, no, but you're not going to adopt my baby. Well, yeah, because so, the other times that you've on- you've only been met with letdown every single time you have a sonogram, it seems like. It's, it, the other three times... You're going to the doctors and you sit down to find out. So we have to tell you some bad news is going to break your heart each time. So why wouldn't you morbidly just go straight to the source? You know what? We're I'm done with him anyway. So I already know what you're going to say to me. So it to me that actually makes sense in a way of like it was your addict brain's way of like, I'm going to get to acceptance quicker by taking care of this myself. Yeah. You know, that was your way of running the show of being like, I need to take control in this because inevitably what's going to happen is I miscarriage and then I'm broken again. So I'm not even, I don't, I wouldn't have judged you regardless because I fully support, you know what I mean? That, but I think in that moment, you're completely right in doing that because it makes total sense to me of where your addict brain would have been, too. So how did the rest of the pregnancy go? It was good. 
smoked marijuana. Um, and which is completely safe and recommended for pregnant mothers. For those of you that are curious, um, because a lot of the times mothers lose appetite and have trouble eating things and and smoking that can also help with that. It helps with pain, it helps with ankle swelling. It helps with a lot of things. So do not judge her because I fully support any because it's going to make any pregnancy much easier, especially on the husbands. So I'm so glad you did that. Bless your heart. Yeah. And um. I used to do a lot of vlogging, not to mention um, my, I had a family member and I, who I was pretty close with, we haven't talked since 2015, 14, because I was breastfeeding and smoking marijuana, which our body naturally has two cannabinoid systems. So um, everything you just said, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been, you know, and I knew about that. The first person I knew that it was recommended, I think we were like 22 or something like that. I remember it being like 2008 because I remember being in my old apartment <clears throat> where my my one friend from school was pregnant. And they're like, oh, yeah, the doctor said that she can smoke because she's having trouble eating. I'm like, oh, that makes total fucking sense. You know, like what? Duh. Like, yeah. And, and you don't even have to smoke. You chose to smoke because guess what? It doesn't affect anything because of how it passes through. But you could also eat, too. You can do edibles. You can do tinctures. There's a lot of different, you know, the little capsules. There's a lot of different ways that you can use it without even inhaling. So, which is really cool. You know, there's even a spray. There's lo- there's a lot of different ways nowadays. Um, unfortunately, there's a way that I saw that I hate. There is one way that I hate, though. In California, a company makes a certain cannabis that can be sniffed. Oh. Yeah. And I don't like that at all because that brings up the <laughs> Yeah. I was addicted to snorting, you know? Like I had a whole ritual and it was my thing. And so yeah, I don't like the fact that they're taking something and glorifying it. That's yeah. that's glorifying something like that. You know, smoking, that's just something that's been done till as old as time. But snorting, breaking up and snorting like that and turn it into a, that's, you're going for, it looks like Coke too. It's white. It's white powder. Uh, it's not even green powder. Give uh, me green, you know, give me green powder at least. Wow. I've never heard that, but I, for the same reason, agree with you. Yeah, that's the only one where I went like, you went too far. You're the reason why. You're they're gonna take the ball away from us <laughs> because of you. You're that kid in the playground that's pegging kids in the head. Stop! I want to play dodgeball. <laughs> you know, fuck. Yeah. So it, it's just it's too much. We don't need it. Just smoke it, eat it, relax, chill, watch a movie. You don't need to do shit. Anyway. <laughs> I completely support it. I'm glad you did it. Your boy is probably much healthier because of it, because it also helped with you with cravings, with drinking and using. Yes, that it, and <laughs> soda water. Yeah, it helps with everything. So you were able to avoid actually getting high and getting drunk during your pregnancy and be responsible because you were using cannabis. And I love that. And I had no idea that was in your story. And I love that. Did you do it again for your second kid? I did until um, about a month prior, which 
and then of course, uh, I hate, I'm going to go ahead and say it. a month prior, I stopped smoking. And then the night before I gave birth, I had a small glass of red wine, you know, like the recommended small serving, but a little less than that. And I just feel like it, I got really red. My body didn't react well. Like, cause our bodies, I feel like are allergic some more than others. And my body was really allergic. To, yeah. That's, what, that's why what? That's what I felt like. I felt like, you know, really bad and guilty. Yeah. And then you gave birth the next day. Yeah. And she was, she or him? Um, my first pregnancy was a girl, and my second was a boy, Ezekiel. Okay, cool. So, but he was all good, though. Yeah, he was. Okay, that's good. <laughs> and has he had the same dad? Um, biological. Did you get ba- Did you get back with the same dude eventually? I Cause did. We, okay, because I skipped ahead too far. I probably should have. I shouldn't. <laughs> so when when did uh when does when does ex husband enter back in? for baby number two 2000 and well we get back together at the end of 2013 we split up at the beginning and we get back together at the end and then in 2014 i i'm trying to think of how it goes i probably joined a mlm and i got sober what's so an mlm multi-level marketing okay uh, company like um, Mary Kay, Amway. Okay. But I don't think I did yet. But I got sober to save our marriage, more or less. And it was just white knuckle on it, just like, you know, you were just being yeah. abstinent. You weren't going to meetings or anything. You were just like. I was going to church. I went to one AA meeting <laughs> at the church I attended, but I was like, you know, I didn't go back after that for whatever reason i don't even know if i have one probably the accountability thing but yeah sometimes sometimes you don't hear what you need to hear you know but sometimes that's what i i go to a lot of meetings so there's meetings that you don't hear anything that resonate with you but then there's meetings where you walk out and you're like i needed that meeting you're like because you heard something in every single share that resonated with you and it really all it's not really the meeting it's your mindset so, like, it's not really that they didn't say anything that didn't resonate with me. It's that my mind wasn't paying attention sharply enough to pick up on things to relate them to me. Because it's very easy to sit in, in an AA meeting and relate out. It's very easy to be like, hey, I'm John, I'm an alcoholic. And then me go, my name's not John, then, so we're not the same. And then we could have everything else the same in his story or in his share but I already discounted him because our names aren't the same and I can relate out, but it's very easy to relate in too and be like, Oh, I got sober at that age or, Oh, I did that too. And then you follow along and and you take with a story and then it impacts you more because you're trying to relate to the person. And when you try to relate to everybody that's shared in a meeting, you leave feeling so good because you leave feeling not alone because all those people just touched you and was able to get something that made you feel less alone about yourself and less insecure about yourself. So I like that kind of support where I can hear things right away that I need to hear when we're going around sharing. That's why I do meetings at my place. You know, that's I run a mental health place where we do meetings all day long 
And I love that kind of thing where it's just open discussion, talk about your day, what's on your mind, how you're going to get through it, you know. So he comes back, you guys get together, and now you're pregnant. Yeah, well, yeah, I relapsed. And and real quick, let me just tell you, alcohol, I got a DUI when I was 19, so I didn't even have a driver's license till I was 21. Um, so. I'm drinking and driving up until this point, even after I had a kid. That's right. You said you didn't have your license until you were 21, and you had two hit and runs before that. Yeah. So just a little background on how alcohol and, you know, it's impacted me. But so he, so I've been sober. We're 2014, back together. I start working another job at a Mexican restaurant and drinking is back in my life. I relapsed. I didn't know how bad that impacted me. I relapsed and then I realized I was pregnant many weeks later. Um, I actually have a negative blood type, so it's important that I find out I'm pregnant right away. Um, but it was nine weeks before I found out, and I was really heavily, I was spending like hundreds of dollars on Adderall um, on top of whatever I was prescribed, and woo, I did not want to have another baby. So when I found out I was pregnant, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I'm like, well, I'm not going to go get that shot. Um, I just didn't want to have another baby, but I didn't know the baby wasn't my husband's until after he was born because I forgot about the relapse. I forgot about the engagement. Does that make sense? Did I lose okay. you? Okay. Nope. You didn't <laughs> lose me. Um, from what you just said that I got is you and your husband were back together. You were sober. You had a relapse. During this relapse, while you were working at this new job, you started partying more and turns out while you were partying is when you're not really faithful and you cheated on him with some other dude and you forgot that you cheated on him because you might have been on Xanax when you were blacked out and then you got pregnant thought it was your husband's because you forgot you hooked up with that dude yes except I left out another part um I I wasn't on Xanax but I was using probably cocaine but alcohol for sure I thought there was a chance that there's the owner at this Mexican restaurant and I had slept with him I knew I did um so I thought maybe my husband or maybe him but not the third guy who I had forgotten about (laughs) so how did (laughs) wait what so that was a surprise for all of us especially me and I how did you know did you do a paternity test to find out or was it like obvious both it was both um well my sister of course she and I don't get along very well she's like Chrissy I don't recognize the baby's nose and um so wait, I wasn't sure I did do it wait hold on t- wait hold on I lost you for a second your wi-fi okay is it my wi-fi okay. yeah are we good okay yeah so <laughs> your sister did what now your sister didn't recognize you know- being toxic she's like I don't recognize his nose and that's when um the first restaurant I worked at this is confusing people started saying you know he looks like and so that's when I had an idea like 
could it be this guy that I think it might be? We'll just call him D. Is it D? Um, so then people start saying, no, he looks like E. And so I'm like, oh my goodness, E, oh, that did happen. You know, it was like a repression of a memory. Yeah, you forgot that you even hooked up with them until it was a possibility that you did once. And then it all kind of rushed back like, oh, shit, I remember that night now. Did the whole entire night come back to you, too, or just like bits and pieces? All of it. Yeah. The whole night. (laughs) That seems about right. So I would assume now what kind of a scene happens when this is all called out? Like, because your ex-husband didn't know for a while. Yeah. So when he found out, I actually felt relief. It was like a spiritual, like my vision went black and I was seeing blue everywhere. And, but, you know, going back, it was like he found out the wrong way. Yeah. Because you were at the bar. Yeah, of course. I was at the bar that he hated that I went to. So he already does. And he was there with you? No, never. Oh, yeah. So that's, yeah, this bar specifically I used to work at, he hates it. Um, and so, but he would never be with me. And I'm not even probably at this point allowed to be at this bar. Yeah. Know, to be respectful to my marriage. Well, yeah, but that night that he finds out, he was at the bar with you? No, he wasn't. He was at home. He found out the next night after the bar night when the biological dad's girlfriend tried to fight me. Okay, so yeah, tell me that story then, because that's where I'm confused about. So we were drinking, and she was there, and I was there, and she comes up behind me and tries to fight me, and then I was asked to leave. Like, she tries to fight me, but then my son's biological dad's sister, so we'll call him E, his sister comes out and breaks the girl's nose. And, you know, there's a big fiasco and the police are called. Um, It was like betrayal. I thought I was like being betrayed, but I don't remember drinking a lot. Yeah, usually you wouldn't. But and then he found out the next night, your husband. Yeah, because she messaged him and was like, by the way, the baby is ease and he's been giving her money to like which wasn't entirely true but it was just malicious and oh i see okay now i'm caught up okay that makes sense all right now we're all caught up just okay now okay so he leaves is that have you guys been done since no he didn't leave oh okay i thought you said are you guys together still no we Uh, i was gonna say that would be hilarious i know (laughs) we are actually best friends um we're great friends good Uh, divorced in 2019 we split up in 2017 better off as friends yeah it it took a lot to get to being friends um he's actually sober too that's awesome yeah i mean and co-parenting is so important it's our life yeah you know what i mean like because you know i i'm a stepdad so i now we co-parent and because our kids dad is in his life so you know he got picked up a few hours ago to go to his dad's for the weekend. 
So, you know, we're, we're, we're always in contact because my wife has MS. So sometimes like we need him to take him for the night because we, you know, we're at the hospital or doing whatever, you know, so it's really important to have that relationship for the kid involved in this case, your daughter. And how is it with your son? Um, my ex-husband raises both of my kids the same. He, That's awesome. Yeah, we, you know, he, there's no difference. He doesn't know the difference. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, um, but your kid knows, no? No, not yet. Not yet. He's only four, right? He is going to be seven in December. Seven. Yeah, he's still young, though. Like, he's still young, young. I, I, it's definitely... Probably going to be a conversation at some point, I'm sure. But, you know, it's nothing you need to rush, that's for sure. So, that's good. And at least you guys are amicable. Now, when you guys split up, that was after another relapse? When you were finally done? Um, No, when we were finally done, I was sober. So, I was working at a halfway house and spending a lot of extra time after my working hours. Do you know what I mean? So that's when my relationship went south, like to where he was following me at some point to find out where I was going. That It was a problem. So I eventually found another job, but my marriage was already in ruins. Like, so it wasn't the alcohol addiction at that point. Yeah, I got you. That makes sense to me, though, that, you know, that's what it would lead to because it's another control thing, though. They are really similar. It's a lot of it's about control. They're not controlling your drinking, you're using pills or whatever, ecstasy, fucking, no matter what you're doing, it, a lot of it is what can I control? What can I control? And sometimes you don't want to be able to control anything and you want chaos. And a lot of people are just addicted to chaos because they grow up around chaos. So they expect chaos. And when there's not chaos, and when things are normal, that's when it's a problem because why are things normal? Things are supposed to be bad for me. And it's just like waiting for it. And that's when you start having panic attacks because there's no chaos and you're so used to chaos. It's, am I close? Yeah, it's like it's just like that. And it's like, well, I want to know what to expect. It's kind of like when um, I used I used to push people away and I would tell them all these bad things about me. Um, and then that would be me saying, I'm making a decision that you don't like me. You're not going to get to know me and decide you don't like me. Same thing with chaos. I'm not going to, I'm going to pick my, I'm going to make it and I'm going to control it. So yeah, yeah. This, is, this is my chaos. So, all right. So 2009, now you're single and you're getting divorced finally. Like, and you got officially divorced yeah, in 2019, and but I moved out in 2017. Okay, and now, did have you really drank since then? No, I didn't start drinking till I got a boyfriend out of prison. Well, he was in a halfway house. Went back to prison for sleeping with the worker, and then I picked him up out of prison and made him my boyfriend. And that was September 20 uh, October. And that's when I started drinking again. 2019, though, when you when you're you and him get divorced officially, you're sober. Have you really been? Were you sober then? No, I was sober in 2018 up until 
August. And then I was drinking in 2019. And actually, everything got worse. Because then I started using nicotine. <laughs> like, I was just went downhill. All right. So when does things start to get better? And why? Most recently? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the end of September. And I was in a really, like, the relationship I was in was toxic. And a lot of my triggers, like, a lot of my coping was alcohol. So do you think being, like, active in your recovery now on TikTok every day is helping in that? Absolutely. I have, like, I'm... I'm dealing with a lot of things that I've done, like you said, in the past that we just look back on, but I'm also dealing with it um, as it comes, because it's not like every day is like, oh, I did this yesterday. This is fine. And some of it's doing like a lot of new things, um, like even here, you know, hearing songs that are like, oh, you remember that one time we shut down Diamonds in the strip club? It was like. 5 p.m. and we were up for 10 to 1050 11 days <laughs> so, I know, yeah I know what you mean yeah so yeah being active and you know being honest about myself and this is all for the first time that you're really like kind of this is probably the first time you it sounds like you've been active in your recovery of being sober other times of being sober, it's not like you were talking about it ever. You know, only time you were talking about being sober probably is when you were being offered something. You were saying, "No, nah, I can't. I don't. I don't drink anymore, or I don't use anymore, or whatever." But like, it probably wasn't happening. It probably would have relapsed. You know, because you weren't working any kind of recovery, and now you are. Now you have a support system. You know. Yeah, I actually didn't have my friends, and I. I had a group of like five friends um and we kind of fell out really hard because they thought I was I actually did like a metabolism reset it was like a 30-day detox and I realized I could live with alcohol like I really evaluated my relationship and I'm like I can do without it I can live without it and my friends took it so personal um because that's how we bond you know um we fell out and then in 2017 I lost two of those friends drinking and driving um I'm sorry. Yeah, and you would think I would not drink and drive after that, but I did still. Because um, I eventually in 2017, like I told you, um, in September, I relapsed when I started drinking with the boyfriend that I had. Um, yeah, yeah so, it's definitely a pattern of yours, too. Yeah, yeah, that that's exactly... Of, yeah. you know, relationship drink, relationship use, relationship drink, or, you know what I mean? Or, like, you're by yourself and just use, they think. So, yeah, it's definitely been a pattern of yours, 100%. And, but all, but there, what isn't a pattern is you weren't working any recoveries at all. You weren't talking about it. You weren't being supportive to other people. You weren't being honest about what your story is. I mean, this is probably the first time you've sat down in long form told your story this way i'm sure yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah and i'm the pleasure to do it you know with you as best we could I um 
you know what I mean? Because I know how hard it is, you know. I had to do this at 30 days sober and in front of a room full of people and just stand up there and tell my story, not interact. And I was just like, you know, a ball of nerves. But, you know, I did it because I was I used to do stand up comedy and addiction and I wanted to get used to talking in front of a crowd again, but sober. So this dude that was like mentoring me, he was like, all right, well, I'm running this meeting. You can go talk for an hour like you would stand up. So go tell your story. I'm like, okay, so I did. And it's you feel so good afterwards, like therapeutically, it's like you buy yourself a whole other month of sobriety just by unloading all of that shit (laughs) because it's off your mind. It's not eating away. you. It's not bothering you Um, because it's good to talk about it. Keep telling your story on TikTok like you do. Keep talking to other people. You can come on here again if you want to tell more stories, because like I said earlier, it's all about finding ways to resonate with people whenever i'm telling my story i try to be you know descriptive as like a writer who's trying to tell a story and make it fun and interesting and good for you and make it impactful but i'm also trying to be vague also because i want everybody in the room to find something that they can resonate with even if it's i always ask you and i always ask everybody do you have any siblings only child because that right away somebody listening go oh my god i had a sister i had a brother too and i was the middle child or i was the oldest or i was the and then you and it's a way for the listeners to resonate with people right away so the more you tell your story the more people will resonate with you You have twenty five thousand people that are resonating with you right now on tiktok that's i know like that's so cool it's yeah i agree so and it keeps you accountable because like you know like I got to be sober today because I got to do some sober stuff for some people so they stay sober too. Yeah. And, you know, I love seeing people thrive. Like, okay, they can do it. I can do it. And, you know, they believe in themselves. And and that kind of energy is super contagious, like in the recovery community. Yeah. It, yep, it definitely is. That's why I like to talk to everybody that does it differently. If you go through, you know, there's been 50, 60, 70 episodes now on my show. And but by the time this one comes out, because I'm about to release, you know, the 30 of them. And if you go through, you hear 12 steps, you hear AA, you hear NA, you hear harm reduction, you hear people that use cannabis only, you hear people that drink one day a week, you hear people that drink here and there, don't drink at all, you know what I mean? And you hear a lot of different things. And again, that's the point. The more stories that are out there, the more chance that one person can resonate with one of the stories. And, you know, you definitely had a lot of things that people are going to resonate with. I mean, you and I related the entire time back and forth. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. So I appreciate you sitting down. I hope you come back and, you know, want to talk more definitely because we had a fun talk, but I am so glad you're doing so much better this time around and you have a new way of doing it because the other ways weren't working and now you have a new system, a way of doing it. And it's the new age way of, you know, AA is not the only way, you know, and I love AA and what it's done for me, but it's not. If TikTok can help you stay sober, keep posting, (laughs) keep posting. I'll put your link too to your TikTok for those that are watching. They can go check out like all her posts. Um, whether you're listening to this or watching it, you'll be able to go to the link and it'll take you right to her page too. Awesome. 
but yeah. thank you so much for talking. I know how hard it is to talk for your first time like that, like, and open up and let it out, so. Yeah, you're awesome, JD. I appreciate it. It's great meeting you. You feel better? You feel good about talking? I know you were anxious about it. No, yeah, I feel great. I was, okay. I know sometimes I can be, like, like, going off, you know, taking a pit stop, how we are, how we do. Yep. And I, and I'd like to do that also because it helps give you a break. It helps give you a break from telling such a traumatic story. You know, our stories are not easy, <clears throat> you know, and telling my story, it's the same thing, you know, and it's not an easy thing to get through. It's a very emotional thing to relive over and over again. So I like to have the side conversations because at least it takes you out of trying to relive that piece by piece because that's exhausting that is not as therapeutic for me that's more exhausting to me but when you can laugh while you're doing it like we did mm -hmm. and you can find ways to relate to somebody back and forth to not feel so alone that's the therapeutic part that i go for with anybody that i talk to no matter who you watch or listen to on here that's what i go for it every single time i'm talking to somebody is I want to make sure that we are relating and not feeling alone in that time. And that hopefully somebody else can feel not alone when they're listening or watching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. You. Mm -hmm. What's that? I said, I love what you do. Thank you so much. I, I love what I do and I love what you're doing and keep doing it. And we'll look for you on there and I'll, have you back on again for a follow-up soon. So thank you so much. All right. Thank you. All right. You. Have a good night. See you. Bye. Bye.